This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This is the Decibel Geek Podcast with Aaron Camaro and Chris Sinzak. You've listened to preachers and listened to fools, but now it's time to listen to a podcast that makes its own rules, and that podcast is Decibel Geek. I'm your polemically sent host, Aaron Camaro, joined as always by a man you actually can look to for answers, Chris Sinzak. Well, first off, what does polemically mean? Because I don't have a clue. I had to look it up. It's the lyrics to the Ozzy song, Mr. Crowley. Basically, polemically sent means to, it's written in order to create controversy. Okay. Well, so, that, that fits Ozzy. But we can get into all that because cool. we're going to talk about all kinds of awesome Ozzy here today. I'm so excited for this. Another one that's hard to believe we haven't touched on. Absolutely. You know, and when you brought it up last week, it's like, yeah, perfect. Let's do that. Yeah. We should. Why haven't we? Let's rectify that right now. And we're keeping to a small time frame here because there's a lot of years and a lot of Ozzy solo work. Right. Kind of like we did a few weeks ago with the Ramones. You know, we'll break it up part one, part two, you know. And so we thought, let's look at what is mostly considered to be like the classic era of Ozzy here today. And there's a lot to choose from. Oh, no doubt. But I guess before we get to all that, could it be two weeks in a row? believe it it is we've got some reviews first one comes to us from itunes five stars it's entitled this oh this sounds good already best heavy rock pod out there winner yeah i'll tell you like it goes a little something like this chris and aaron are true believers in hard rock and metal and bring their enthusiasm to every episode love the kiss episodes of course and albums unleash are a fave how about bringing back Michael Wagner to discuss Dawkins under lock and key? Mm-hmm. Good love idea. To. Keep it up, dudes. That comes to us from Jay Forte on Apple. Thanks so much. Great man. review. And then we got another one. It's a Facebook recommendation. This one comes to us from Rodney Dixon. Like this. I've been listening for a few years now, and I love the music and interviews. I especially love the Kissmas in July. Keep up the good work, guys. Yeah, we got to start preparing. That's for, what I was going to say. What the heck are we going to do for Christmas in July this year? I have no idea. 
suggestions welcome hit us up on the facebook page drop us a message on there give us some ideas for christmas in july because we've been doing this for eight years yeah and we don't want to run out of stuff to talk about yeah but let's let's not touch Vinny Vincent this year please no yeah i think we're we're done with that yeah so give us some good suggestions on the facebook page send us a message let us know what you would like to hear us do for christmas in july because honestly we have no idea Our other favorite people, Geeks of the Week this week, uh, these are the people that shared on Facebook and retweeted on Twitter last week's episode, Yeah, which seemed to go over pretty good, the New Noise episode. That's fun. People seem to dig it. Like I said, they like to hear us run our mouths, but today we're going to do a little bit of both. We're going to play some music and we're going to do some talking. Yeah, we'll still run our mouth. Geeks of the Week this week are Mike Grabowski, Joseph Capone, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Wayne Cross, Ray Kuhn, Ken J. West, Dan Nation, Rob Harris, Greg Troy, and Adam Cox. Mike Parnell, Kristen Schimbeck, Sean Cullen, Rodney Dixon, Mikhail Burrell, Simon Cat, Trevor McDougal, Bill Elam, The Bakery Podcast, Brad Schick, Aaron Baker, Greg McGlone, Dave, David Glenn, Mark Alden Taylor, Freeform Rock Podcast, Christopher Stokes, Robin the Hood, Jay Sabluski, Coxie, JJ Mack, Eladio, Twisted Kister, and of course, The, the Mooger Fooger. Oh, yeah, those are our people. They shared last week's episode. You can have your name added to that prestigious list right here next week. All you got to do is share this week's episode, Top Five Songs. From Ozzy Osbourne, 80 to 86. Yep. Get out there and do that. You become a geek of the week. Yep. All right now. Here we go. Here we go. Oh, man. I'm so excited for this. I've been doing a lot of research, but it doesn't really feel like research. It feels like I'm just hanging out listening to awesome music. So I've only been able to narrow this down to my top 38 favorite Ozzy <laughs> songs from 80 to 86. And here they are in no particular order. Top 38? Top 38. be here a while. Yeah, this is going to be a really long episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I can do is whittle it down to my top favorite 38. Uh, yeah, and the, the, this is one we could always call top five this week. Cause right. It's, there's so many also rands on my list. It's ridiculous. So are we going in, Are we going kind of like chronological? I mean, it's impossible to really. I can't. These My top five, honestly, are really in no particular order. Mine kind of are, too, although uh, the, the one that I'm going to finish with, which will be the playout song, is my number one. Right. And on. it's probably going to piss some people off. Well. But we'll see. You're good for that. I know. <laughs> I'm happy to troll you people. So I guess let's just kind of talk about the albums, you know, talk yeah. about the man a little bit. We'll I can go tell you, kind of chronologically with this. Right on. So I can tell you, when I discovered Ozzy, it's because I was listening to my dad's Black Sabbath albums when I was a little kid. And really, you know, was too young to really know, like, who the guys in the band were and any of yeah. that. I'm just listening to the music just to listen to the music. And so listening to Sabbath was great because I really loved it a lot. But then little bit older i get turned on to ozzy Mm -hmm. and it's kind of like we talked about on our latest episode of chris and aaron if you're a vip you already know what we're talking about but i would see like cool dudes wearing ozzy t-shirts and Mm -hmm. i'd see the awesome mirror things that you could win at the fair with the the spray painted image of the ultimate sin album cover and hearing some of the songs that the cool older kids are listening to and it's like man i gotta get me some of that ozzy yeah so i go over to my uncle bruce's house we've heard the story a million times he's <laughs> selling me his lps and i go in there one day and i'd been saving for a minute 
and I didn't buy no candy, no bubble gum, no comic books, no nothing. I brought all my allowance money over to my Uncle Bruce, and I got the first three Ozzy albums. Yeah. And I get back in the car with my dad, and, you know, by this time I've kind of figured it out. Like, Ozzy was the lead singer of Black Sabbath, and Black Sabbath is my dad's records that I've been listening to since I was a little kid, so this is going to be amazing. I'm so excited to get these albums and bring them home because I've never heard the whole things, as scary-looking as they are, Mm -hmm. you know, and the things you've heard about Ozzy, and, you know, it's like the cool, tough kids, they all love Ozzy, you know, and so... I get the albums in the car, and my dad's like, oh, what'd you get? And I was like, Ozzy Osbourne. And he's quiet for a second. (laughs) And he goes, hmm. I said, what? I don't know if I should let you listen to those. Yeah. And this was the first time my dad had ever said that to me about anything. And I was just like, what? And he's like, well, you know, he's kind of... You know, people say things about Ozzy Osbourne, and, you know, he's kind of... And I was like, Dad, he was the lead singer of Black Sabbath, and I've been listening to your albums all these years. And he's like, huh? I was like, Ozzy? He didn't know? Yeah, he had no idea either. So he didn't really dig into who was in the bands. He just listened to it for the music, you know? And so I was like, yeah, Ozzy Osbourne is the lead singer of Black Sabbath, and now he's on his own, and it's, you know, it's all good. And so he's like, hmm, okay. Mm-hmm. And he was cool with it. Oh, I brought okay. my Ozzy records home, and I put on Blizzard Vaz, and it blew my freaking mind. Yeah. It was it was Sabbath and more, mm-hmm. you know? With Randy Rhodes, that guitar playing, it was, man, it was like listening to Sabbath and then getting that first Ozzy album was like, they were the same, but they were different, but you he, know? It was very identifiable sound, different yeah. from Black Sabbath. Well, the difference between Randy Rhodes yeah. and Tony Iommi. Very two, different. Two fantastic, two of the greatest guitar sure. players of all time, but still two very different guitar players, too. The tone, yeah. the way they play, their styles, you know, yeah, very even different. The, the hooks on the solo stuff is, is way more prevalent than on Sabbath. Sabbath's a more dirgy, dark, right. for the most part, um, which makes it all the more remarkable... Of how successful he was. Right. Because everybody knew him from that stuff. And then for him to basically come out with something very different. Reinvent himself. Completely, completely different from what he was doing yeah. with Sabbath. I mean, that's that's pretty remarkable. Yeah. To be able to, and, you know, then become, I got to say, I, I'd have to say, I mean, Sabbath was very big in the 70s and their legends grown over time. But right. the fact that, I mean, in the 80s, he was certainly bigger than Sabbath. Oh, yeah. You know, Most definitely. Because he kind of left them in the dust, honestly. Yeah. And I've read where he said, you know, when I'm putting together this first album and Sharon's dug me out of a grave and got me back up on my feet, his number one goal in life was to compete with Black Sabbath. His <laughs> goal won. was to kick <laughs> Black Sabbath's ass and show him, you know, hey, I can do this. You guys wrote me off, but I'm not dead. I'm Ozzy freaking Osbourne. I'm going to live forever. It was a big comeback story. Yeah. I mean, but for me, um, first exposure to Ozzy was the reputation before I even knew the music. Yeah. You know, he was the, he was the, the evil person that, uh, you know, all your friends at school would be talking about and and all the old, all the older older kids would be telling you about all this crazy shit that he does. He bites the heads off bats and, and like, the dumbest rumor I ever heard about Ozzy Osbourne was that he would take a bucket and like you know he'd throw buckets of water on people. Right. But there would be people would say you take a bucket, pour the water on people and then pass the bucket around and have all the fans spit in the bucket. Man, and I remember give it back to him and he would drink it. Right. Which you I know never fucking that. happened. That's so weird how that happened. But that was a prevalent rumor about him. Like even my parents knew about some of this stuff. Yeah. And they were the same way like when I 
I think, well, Ultimate Sin was the first album I bought. It was out for a few months at that point, but I bought it, and I remember my parents were kind of like, oh, no, because right. even they knew yeah. the PMRC, you know, saw to saw to let the parents know about this evil person, but yeah, his reputation preceded him. So I mean, going around yeah. biting the heads off of things sure yeah. didn't help either, because yeah. that's what everybody knew Ozzy for. Like, yeah, I remember people thought you know thought he was a Satanist, yes. and there was all this dark energy about Ozzy Osbourne. I mean, but he didn't really do anything to hurt those perceptions well, no. either. I mean, you look it's at some of records. these album covers, you know? No, I mean, yeah, I mean, all of the album covers are a little like, Ey. yeah. But, um, but no, I mean, he it was smart marketing. I mean, and I'm oh, sure totally. Sharon was a big part of that too. Of you, you know, yeah. you just came from Black Scare Sabbath. Him. You got to be scary. Yeah, and he was. But at the same time, but it's funny in hindsight. You know, Ozzy now, and it's just like, well, this is the guy that gets pissed off because he can't find his program on History Channel on TV. You know, right? And the guy that was just all it was was partying, party, oh, party, yeah. party, party. It wasn't worshiping the devil. But it wasn't no, no, none yeah, a very like fun yes. person. You know, like very upbeat positive type person at least with the crowds and stuff i love the scene with him in the dirt movie oh that's one yeah. of the highlights of that whole motley crew movie is the scene with ozzy at the pool you hear jakey e. lee kind of disputed that whole thing yeah i don't know if i buy that he you said know? he was there at the pool and all all that happened was ozzy snorted a spider i think is what he said wasn't a line of ants that might be even worse that doesn't make it any better <laughs> really <laughs> But I don't know. It was, uh, but yeah, I mean, he's, his reputation preceded him. So I, I knew about him as a, as a crazy person for probably two years before I ever got the albums. Yeah. But then when I got the albums, I'm like, oh, this, you know, this fits in great with everything else I'm listening to. You know, it's kind of sad that kids nowadays will probably not ever experience that, you know, a musician that's actually feared by people. He was. Like Marilyn Manson was the end of that. Like he was kind of the last one. Last one. Well, Ghost is kind of pulling that off now too with a lot of people. Yeah, but. But people are jaded nowadays after living through Ozzy and Kiss and all these things. You know, we all yeah. know it's all just a gimmick. <laughs> and I think even the guy from Ghost even claims that, you know, we're, we're just trying to piss people off, basically. Right. But yeah, Marilyn Manson was kind of the last bastion of people going, is this guy really this way? You know, but Ozzy, you know, but yeah, Ozzy, well, he perfected it. He kind of, yeah, he did perfect it. Alice he Cooper actually did bite the heads off of things. Alice it wasn't, Cooper and you know, Kiss were shocking, but Ozzy actually lived the lifestyle. Yeah. You know, he, um, he was a, a nutcase for real. And, you know, pissing on the Alamo and, and getting banned from San Antonio for yeah. like 30 years. You know, he was, he was very rock and roll though. I remember kids oh, just being blown away. I mean, it helped him. He sold tons of records because of that. Not just because of that, because the albums are great. Right. You have to have good music, but it certainly helped him. Sure. I mean, because little kids would listen to that and be curious. You sure. know, like, oh, it's something scary. It's like watching a horror movie. You know, you know, you know, you're going to be scared when you're little, and you, but you want to see it. You know, and you hype yourself up and be like, I gotta, I gotta watch this movie. Yep. I got to, I got to listen to this Ozzy album, no matter what happens to me if I listen. It's to really it. the age of mystique, right? And it's exactly. kind of, it's a lost, it's a lost art now. You don't really have it much anymore. Yep. But yeah, now it's like everybody has to be relatable and be on social media and talk to their fans, and that's cool and all, but. Um, but you lose the mystique factor, which Absolutely. is what kind of made it magical for us as kids. For sure. Yeah. I'll never forget the day I brought home Blizzard of Oz. Like I said, I brought home that LP and I put it on as soon as I got home. And golly, what a great album. So many great songs on this. I mean, the first thing is always the album cover. It's like, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> I remember looking at that thing, staring at it and just not understanding. Like, what is he, what is he doing? What is this supposed to be? Yeah. It's strange. 
They freak me out at the same time. I mean, putting the needle down and listening to I Don't Know, you yeah. know, right off the bat. Song. I was done for right there, that opening riff on that first album, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm all in on Makes Ozzy for the rest of my life. I guess I'll kick it off. My first song comes off that first album. Like I said, it's hard to put these in any particular order because I love them all. This one, it's got the iconic organ intro, that legendary guitar riff. One of the greatest songs ever written, Ozzy or otherwise. From Blizzard of Oz in 1980, this is Ozzy Osbourne with Mr. Crowley. Crowley 
So good. Don Airy on the keys with that. Epic. Yeah, that's a legendary song. Yeah, it was inspired by books that Ozzy was reading, written by the Beast himself, and they found a set of Crowley-designed tarot cards in the studio and said, you know, we should write a song about this guy. I've been reading about him. Aleister Crowley, uh, yeah, very fascinating character. Yeah, he's fascinating for sure. Dark, dark, dark guy. Yeah. Very weird, but he lived a hell of a life. You know, Jimmy Page uh, bought his mansion. That's right. Over in Europe. Some weird stuff happened in there. A lot of... uh, You know it. Yeah, and this was also, this was the satanic panic era, so, you know, this, like, writing a song about Aleister Crowley, you're basically opening yourself up for people to freak out. For sure, because that was a guy that was world-renowned as being, like, this dark arts master. Very much. This sexual magician the 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 great beast the 666 you know and people for years knew about this yeah. guy and so ozzy's already got the reputation i mean hell he was in sabbath yeah he's wasted completely he's crazy and now he's singing a song about <laughs> acclaimed you know yeah. dark magicians it's perfect did he make a deal with the devil and that's why he got so big you never know are you saying sharon's the devil <laughs> well <laughs> You wouldn't be the first. I was going to say, I'm not the first person to make that claim. But no, I mean, it's, you know, and my first pick is off Blizzard of Oz also. A little bit of backstory on Blizzard of Oz. Released September 20th, 1980. It was the first release after he was fired just a year earlier from Sabbath. And uh, the first of two albums with Randy Rhodes. Ranked ninth on Rolling Stone's list of 100 greatest metal albums of all time. Hell yeah. For the, you know, not that Rolling Stone's any arbiter of taste, but... No, but they got that one pretty they got right. That one right. Top um, 10? Yeah, definitely. Much of the album was written by Randy, uh, Bob Daisley, and Ozzy in a live-in rehearsal facility in Monmouth, Wales, with a friend named Barry Scrinage, who was performing as the drummer at the time. One of my very favorite pictures of Ozzy is a one that's an old one. It's black and white. It's from that era. Uh-huh. And it's a picture of Randy Rhodes. He's got a cigarette in his mouth. He's holding his guitar. And Ozzy's looking at his fingers like, yep. holy shit. Yeah. I love that <laughs> that's picture. A great photo. And, uh, you know, Scrinage was never really considered to be the permanent drummer. And then they started the songwriting. Pro- they recorded demos for I Don't Know, Crazy Train, Goodbye to Romance, and You Looking at Me, Looking at You in Birmingham in early '80. With ex-Lone Star drummer Dixie Lee, which I didn't know about that until uh, I started doing research. They had hoped he would be the permanent member, but he wasn't the final piece of the puzzle. And they auditioned several drummers. And, of course, ex-Uriah Heap drummer Lee Kerslake became the guy. Um, he was awesome. Yeah. and In you, Uriah Heap and in Ozzy. Yeah. I and mean, the album is it's filled with gems. But uh, this song, despite the controversy that would surround it later, is one of my favorite Ozzy songs. And it holds up to this day. This Suicide Solution.
as I mentioned before, the song uh, this song caused a lot of controversy with uh, the October 1984 suicide of John McCollum, who was a depressed teenager who shot himself in the head after allegedly listening to the song. The kid's parents sued Ozzy and CBS Records for, quote, encouraging self-destructive behavior in young persons who were especially susceptible to dangerous influences. In his defense, Ozzy stated in court that when the song was being written, the words wine is fine but whiskey's quicker came to him suddenly and were a reflection not on the merits of suicide, but rather on the death of Bon Scott, who had just died the year ah, prior. Dang, it's such clever lyricism in yeah. that song, too. But then there's also some conflicting report, because Bob Daisley, who re- re- he wrote the majority of the song's lyrics, stated that he actually had Ozzy's substance abuse issues in mind when he composed it. So the uh, McCollum's complaint was dismissed on the grounds that the First Amendment protected Ozzy's right to free artistic expression. Yeah. Um, but that song, despite all the controversy, you know, it's it's an unskippable track. You oh, know, it's amazing. It, it's one of his best songs. Yes. And uh, and it's a good kind of bridge from Sabbath into these years. In my oh, opinion. totally. So you're looking at the first album. You're saying, okay, um, let's see. Trying to make an impact here. Trying to really shake people up. Let's see. Former member of Sabbath. Check. Uh, song about noted dark magician. Check. <laughs> song that scares people to think that their kids are going to kill themselves if they listen to it. And check. Yeah. This is going to be awesome. He invited the controversy. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I mean, so many great songs in this we talked about. I don't know. Is a That's an amazing opening track. We talked about great album starters before. Yeah. You know, that's a that's great a one, one right there. You got to put it up there. Crazy Train, yeah. of course. That's Ozzy's most famous song. You well, know? we didn't need to play that today. Cause, I no, mean, although on, I do have a couple of singles in my in Turn my on the radio and yeah. listen, and the next time you hear Ozzy, it's probably going to be Crazy Train. Yeah, most likely. Or maybe My Mom Coming Home. <laughs> yeah, that one still gets a lot Hopefully of Crazy Train. <laughs> um, from there, you got Goodbye to Romance. That's, That's something I read that was like a song written about... You know, see you, Sabbath. Mm-hmm. You know, kiss my ass. I'm the Prince of Darkness. Watch his shit. Somebody I hold love, my though, beer. that even in all this dark stuff, he would still bring his Beatle influence yeah. into his songs like that. On all these records, there's there's like the Beatley ballad on all of them. For sure. Yeah. You know, and Ozzy, you ever watch an interview with the guy? He always goes right back to the Beatles. You know, that's what started. I yeah. mean, he was from England. Yeah. You know? Oh, it's his biggest influence. Easily. I wonder if Ozzy ever got to see the Beatles when he was young, like when they were up and coming. He probably they... wonders, too. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Sharon, did I see the Beatles? Yes, Ozzy. <laughs> yeah, Suicide Solution, a D. The the instrumental yeah. thing from Randy Rose. I mean, that's it always seems so weird to me. It's like, oh man, this is supposed to be so scary, but there's this little thing on here that's about you know a little less than a minute long, yep. and it's so pretty. You know, it, it makes you wonder what would have continued being churned out had he lived. Oh, you know, man. Because, you know, they would have probably tried to get a little more adventurous over time with his influences. Man, if I had the power to go back and change time and save the life of one rock star... He'd be a good one to pick. It'd be hard not to throw that card down for Randy Rhodes because, golly, these first two albums are so freaking good. And Randy Rhodes is probably the most underrated guitarist of all time because he just didn't give a chance to get a whole big career out of it. Although, based off two albums, he's still a legend. Based off the two albums, the guy (laughs) is the greatest guitar player of all time. You know, he's right there. 
just oh, this album's so good. Mr. Crowley, Suicide Solution. We covered that. No Bone Movies. I almost picked that one. That's such a great tune. That one's the closest to the old Sabbath sound to me. Yeah, I, I can hear the old Sabbath. I in can that see one. that fitting on maybe Technical Ecstasy yeah. or something like it that. Has that for vibe sure. To it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's a great song. Revelation, Mother Earth. Yep. That song is a trip. And this one I could have put right in my top five too. Like I said, this shit is going to change for me in ten minutes. Oh, but same here. <laughs> Steal away the night. I Such love a that great one. Tune. Yeah. And then my next pick was actually the B-side for Crazy Train. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. I never heard it until it came out on the controversial 2002 reissue of Blizzard of Oz. (laughs) The re-recorded version. Right. Yeah. That was, I still don't know about all that. I still don't agree with that one. Ozzy said, I don't know nothing about it. Sharon said, I don't know nothing about it. So nobody knows. But Hmm. yeah, not a great idea. But the really cool thing about that was when they re-released You Looking at Me, Looking at you.
I was on radio when that got released, and it was like it was released as a single. Oh yeah, in like two thousand two, and I loved playing that as a DJ man. I'd put that on all the time because it's the sound in the in the studio at the radio station. If it was late at night, nobody was around, and you really wanted to crank it up. Yeah, you know the sound inside that studio was like. Still to this day, I've never listened to music where it sounded so good as inside the Z104 studios. And I remember when this came out, I played it one night for myself in the studio, and I just cranked it up, and it was so good. And I could never understand, you know, this song is so good. How did it not make it onto the album? Yeah. I guess they only had so much room. Yeah. It's an awesome song. But I love it. You know, it was like after all these years of being a huge fan to be able to go back and hear something that was recorded back then, but you never heard before. Mm-hmm. And it's as good as this. Oh, you just can't top it. Yeah. So awesome. exciting. So I'm going to break a little bit with the chronological thing because I, and this is this is the first thing that's going to piss people off. I didn't pick anything from Diary of a Madman. What the hell's wrong with you, man? I love it. It's like, like we said at the outset, every album is good. It's just picking five. I want just picking five that I would like. This is in my playlist today. These these are the ones. So I'm going to go to the Bark at the Moon album from 1983, released on November 15th. As a lot of you know, first album released with Jakey Lee on guitar after Randy had died. Peaked at number 19 on Billboard, and to date it sold over 3 million copies in the U.S. It's the uh, only Ozzy album in which the songwriting is credited entirely to Ozzy Osbourne. However... Uh, right. Jakey Lee maintains that he composed a significant amount of the album's music, but was cheated out of songwriting and publishing claims by Ozzy and, Ma- and Sharon. And uh, Ozzy's even admitted in later interviews that, yeah, Jake was involved. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I don't normally pick singles to spin on the show, but if I'm picking my top five right now, I have to go with this. It's pretty obvious it's just a killer track, so I'm going to go with Bark at the Moon as my number four.
used to be a time where you'd hear that on the radio quite yeah. a bit. And MTV not played, anymore. Played the video from MTV was great. Oh, man, the video was awesome. The werewolf. Yep. Oh, man. It's such a dark, evil video. And I remember yep. I would I'd love because I used to tape Headbangers Ball every week. And yeah. they would always play it on Headbangers Ball. And I used to watch that a lot. And Carmine a piece on the drums. I mean, incredible drumming. And, of course, Jake, the, this one, that's maybe Jake's best solo with Ozzy. It's just an incredible solo. It's a great song. Yeah, yeah, I just unskippable track. You know, oh, totally. I'll say that a few times today. I do have one other single I'm going to play, but um, but yeah, this one I kept trying not to pick it because I'm like, well, everybody knows this one, right? But I'm like, if I'm really picking the top five, this you can't song do it without fucking it. rules. Man. Yeah, I mean, that would just, have been tough if you went to pick it. I would have had to figure out a way to pick it for myself. It's just such a moody, awesome song. Yeah. Just, I've always loved it. All right, well, me. I did not skip over Diary of a Madman, Ozzy Osbourne's second album. And, man, it's got so much good stuff on it. The last one with Randy Rhodes. If we're picking favorite albums, I think my favorite Ozzy Osbourne album as a whole of all time is Diary of a Madman. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Mm. And this was another one, too, that you're looking at the album cover, and it's it's freaking me out. You know, it's like, and then you flip it over, and you look at the back, and you look at the artwork on the inner sleeve, and... You know, like I said, I had the album back then, so I'd sit and stare at it as I listen to this. Very provocative. But, I mean, it's got the upside-down cross in yeah. there. Ozzy looks like a freaking maniac. And it's like, what's going on in this picture? There's so much going on in this picture. It's too much. But super popular, you know, a great follow-up, great second album. You yeah. know, the whole thing is just amazing. I love so many songs off of here. But, again, you know, it's my favorite album, so I do believe... My number one favorite Ozzy Osbourne song also comes off this album. This song, man, the bass intro into the mega guitar riffage, and, you know, I just cut and paste this right now into every single pick, mine and yours. Mm-hmm. Holy shit, the guitar solo. Yeah. Basically, just consider that said for every one of these songs, but especially this one. I love it so much. And the thing about it that really, really means a lot to me that makes it my number one song is being a young kid, especially a teenager. You know, being a teenager is tough. You're not, you're not a man. You're not a boy. You're trying to figure out your place in the world. You're trying to figure out, you know, what other people's agendas are, where everybody else is going. And the lyrics to these songs were something that always spoke to me, like the, the rebellious nature, the, the stand up for yourself, the you've got to believe in yourself or no one will believe in you. You know, imagination like a bird on a wing flying free for you to use. Beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful poetry that a young man, even somebody my age can listen to that and go, you know what? Anything is possible. You know why? Because Ozzy freaking Osbourne says so. Here we go. My number one favorite song Ozzy Osbourne from 1981, Diary of a Madman. Mm, Gotta love it. It's Believer.
that song. Mm, great stuff. So good. Makes you feel good. Yeah. Every one of these songs we play I today, when I when I hear it, it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. You know what else makes me feel good? What's that? Knowing that we're one week closer to Rock and Pod Expo. Makes me feel good and nervous. <laughs> I'm excited. Give me the news, man. All right. So the update that I have for this week, um, we have a lot of new podcasts that jumped on board this past week, so I want to announce them. Podcast Rock City will be returning. Sweet. Uh, I'm in love with that song podcast who came last year. They're hosted by a guy named Brad Page, and and it's funny. He came the first year and got inspired to start his own show, Yeah. and now he's got a show that just beats the shit out of a lot of others it's like yeah he'll take one song and he'll just kind of break apart you know the making of it and and really go in depth it's a really interesting listen and one song at a time yeah one song at a time and sound quality is like top notch he he does a killer job on this show so the rock and pot expo look at the power yeah look what it can create and then um the Ken Mills Network of Podcasts will be joining us this year. Hell yeah. So we've got Podkiss. You've got Matt Porter with the Kiss Room. They're coming Sweet. back. Cheap Talk, of course, with Ken and BJ. Fun Size, which is a cool trivia show Ken hosts. I still got to do that. I, know, I want to so bad. I got to make the time. Ken, damn it. I got to make the time to do that. I think my episode's coming out next. Oh, nice. After a long wait. <laughs> um, and then, of course, the Pop the pop culture podcast that Ken hosts, which is really great. And uh, we're still seeking music podcasters to register. We got room for you. So if you're a music podcaster, you know a music podcaster, we'd love to have you on board. Just go to rockandpod.com, click on the podcaster button. It'll give you all the details on all the different levels of uh, registration you can do. And, uh, yeah, I'm booking a lot of cool guests. So you're going to have an opportunity here. It's awesome for the podcasters because, like, last year everybody's got their spot. And the rock stars are all there. And they make their way around, yep. and they hit all the podcasts and mm-hmm. sit down and spend time with each of them. So when you become a part of the Rock and Pod Expo, not only are you taking the opportunity to get your name out there to network with other fellow music podcasters, but you're basically setting yourself up for a month or two worth of yeah, episodes. Con- yeah, you, you get know? a lot of content out of you it. You come to the Rock and Pod Expo. You go on vacation for two months because yeah. you've got all the shows already in the bank. And it's all good sound quality because there's no Skype connection to worry about because everyone's right there in the same room. So it's it's really beneficial. Heck yeah. You know? I love it. So I'm excited for that. And uh, I want to give it over to you because we've got some cool stuff on the Decibel Geek website going yeah, on. Yeah, hell yeah. There was some really great stuff going on in DecibelGeek.com right now. Brand new reviews for the new Wild Hearts album. Um, Satan Takes a Holiday. Did you get a chance to listen to that? Yeah. Coxie wrote a review for a band that I'd never heard of called Satan Takes a Holiday. And they're pretty freaking awesome. I highly recommend you check out that review. And then after you read that, like me, you're going to want to go listen to that band. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to be pretty impressed. I'm betting. Yeah. Other reviews that were really good. I saw a new band called My Wrath I'd Mm -hmm. never heard of before. A band called Saracen. Yep. What's cool about this is like a lot of these are bands that I even I've never heard of, you know, yeah. so I read the review and then I can gauge it off of what our decibel geek writers are doing because they know, you know, mm-hmm. they know what it's all about. And so if they give it a good review, that tells me I really need to give it a shot, you know, and it just like what we do yeah. for you guys, the people at decibel geek are doing for us and also for you turning us on new music and even some bands I've heard of before that I had no idea they were coming out with new albums mm-hmm. like possessed. Yeah. And that one's getting a lot of really good publicity right now. It's going over well with a lot of people. Shoot, yeah, and some awesome concert reviews for uh, Samantha Fish and uh, A Night with Overkill in Minnesota. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. A lot of good material in there. Go to decibelgeek.com, get uh, caught up on the news and the reviews and all that good stuff, and go to the Decibel Geek Facebook page and check out the links there, share it with your friends, let people know what we got going on. Did I hear a rumor about an acoustic after party being planned? Oh, yeah. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, there's a... Uh, Come well, off it, Sinzak. Well, I, I said the you, news, I'm, all of it. I can't, I can't give you too many details just yet, but... It's shaping up to be pretty cool where some of the guests that are going to be at the expo are going to be doing an acoustic uh, after-party thing. We'll have a couple hours to you know, get two or three songs from some of the guests each. And uh, I've, I've got some cool things in the works. I can't announce it just yet, but nice. it's, it's going to be a fun, fun thing, though. Well, like we've been saying all along, the beautiful thing about that is it all goes down on August 9th and 10th. Mm-hmm. It all is happening at the uh, Marriott Hotel right here down by the airport yep. in Nashville. Everything you need to know is at rockandpod.com. You know, everything, whether you're a podcast, you're somebody from out of town thinking, I got to go to Music City and visit sometime. You know, it's if, a good time to if do this it. is going on, that's the perfect weekend to go. So you got the pre party. So everybody shows up, the podcasters all get together, we hang out, then we party with the rock stars at the pre party, the rock and roll residency. 8-Ball and Lipstick Generation mm-hmm. and all kinds of really awesome guests. Yeah. Then after that, you go catch yourself a little sleep. Next day, Rock and Pot Expo in the same building. Yep. All you got to do is come out of your room, go down the elevator, grab you a little breakfast, and kick it on over to Rock and Pot Expo party. And then you get the thing afterwards, yep. which is also at the hotel All Marriott. in the same room. So yeah. really, no drinking and driving? No. No forgetting something. Oh, man, I forgot something. Drinking and crawl into the elevators. Exactly. If you can make it to the elevator, you can do anything. We can put you on one of those big luggage carts and roll your ass to your room. We'll do it. It's it's an anemone that we offer. Yes. But, yeah, and also, you know, you can book a discounted room there, too. Rockandpod.com, click on Venue, and you you can get a discounted room rate. Join us. It's going to be fun. For the rock and roll party of the summer. Yep. Music City's best rock expo. Yep. Also includes podcasters. That's yep. why it's called Rock and Pod. Become a part of that, and you are going to have an awesome weekend with us, rocking and rolling in Music City, and having a great time. Yeah. All right. We ready to get back into Ozzy? Sure am. So I got the next. We've one. We've been gone too long. All right. So my next one is also from Bark at the Moon from 1983. This is uh, you've heard the term killer filler, and uh, my next choice fits that description. This song is not exactly radio-friendly, but I just love the cool, eerie vibe it gives off. And during the 80s, his reputation grew over time, and this song probably helps solidify that, because it's got kind of a murky rhythm section, a horror movie soundtrack-type playing from Jakey Lee. Mm -hmm. It makes it a really dark, atmospheric track, and I just can't get enough of it. This is my number three Ozzy song from this era. It's Waiting for Darkness.
that's such a good tune. Never tire of that one. There's so many great songs on that album, you know, and that's that's tough. You know, it's a weird time for Ozzy. I remember when I was a kid, you know, and I'm getting into Ozzy and I'm getting the albums, you know, and I would eventually get Ultimate Sin. I had the three three first ones all at the same time, listened to them all in order and just blown away. And my Aunt Pam had married a guy named Andre, and he had a collection of old Hit Parader magazines. And I remember looking at Hit Parader magazines, you know, and what I imagine, Ozzy, what I'm seeing on the album covers, long-haired dude, you know, kind of a little chunky, but, you know, totally scary looking and stuff. But when I'm looking in these Hit Parader magazines, Ozzy's shaved bald. (laughs) You remember that era? I don't Why did he end up shaving his head? Well, here's the thing, because... I wondered about this, so I, I was like trying to find the answer, like what made Ozzy shave his head. So I found a couple of different explanations, okay. which, so this is some legendary thing of why. Mm-hmm. So the first one I heard was because he was so dirty, nasty, filthy, and his hair was so oily and nasty that basically standing under the lights would deep fry his hair. <laughs> Wow. Because he never bathed, never washed himself. That's gross. And so his hair was so gross that it would cook like in the lights. And he ended up having to shave it off. Wow. Another story I heard was he just got drunk and did it. <laughs> Britney Spears style. Had a breakdown. <laughs> yeah. And then the third story, this one I think is my favorite. He'd gotten in a really big fight with Sharon. Uh-huh. And he wanted to show her how sorry he was. So he thought, should I send her some chocolates? No. Should I send her a bottle of wine? No, alcohol was the, the original problem. That's not going to work. What can I send her that will truly show her how sorry I am? I will give her something that means a lot to me. So he shaves his head. He takes scissors, cuts his hair off, shaves it, puts it in a box with a note that says sorry. Wow. And sends it to her. It sounds like something he would do. That's, I love that story. I don't know which one's true. What a true, bizarre thing to do. But that's the one I like. I remember those pic, those photos. And they're being like, whoa, he cut picture, his hair off. Picture him standing next to a fern with a machine gun and a shaved head. I remember yep. that distinctly. And looking at it going, what is this? It's crazy with all this great material coming out. He really was a, a mess of a human. He was human. a wreck. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Good stuff, though. <laughs> love it. I'm going to go ahead and stick around with Bark at the Moon. This is another one of my favorite Ozzy songs. I watched some cool stuff today about Ozzy. Um, on the night when he was on Night Fly. Night Flight? Night Flight, yeah. Mm-hmm. He was on the Night Flight show, and his hair's just starting to I grow remember back. remember that. I've seen that interview. And they asked him a lot of crazy questions. And, you know, Ozzy, he's not Gene Simmons. You know, he's not, not a Not band. eloquent. <laughs> well, no, I'm not saying that. It's I'm, What I'm saying is, like, Gene Simmons writes a lot of fucking songs right Ozzy don't really do that Mm -mm. but in that interview you kind of got the gist where like I remember just recently not too long ago where Ozzy got in big trouble for having a bunch of affairs right remember that oh yeah and at the time I was like I never really pictured Ozzy to be that way it's not like I don't I picture Gene Simmons to be that way I don't picture Ozzy to be that way like a horn dog but when you go back to this interview way back when He's a horn dog. Oh, really? This Ozzy. The interviewer asked him my favorite question, the whole thing. What would you be doing right now as an occupation if you weren't a rock star? Mm-hmm. He said, burglar. She said, oh, well, what would you burgle? Ladies' panties. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very Gene Simmons answer. <laughs> yeah. It made me laugh, you know, because it's Ozzy being crazy, you know. But then I watched an interview when he was on David Letterman. Yeah. Man, he's this is a little earlier because he's still got his hair. Uh-huh. So 
coked out of his mind. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, just vibrating. <laughs> this Ozzy's just freaking vibrating in his chair when David Letterman is trying to talk to him. And, of course, you know, we talk about this era. We talk about Ozzy and how it kind of hurt him a little bit in some ways. Mm. Sits down, first question, bite the head off a bat. Second question, bit a head off a dove, you know? Right. And so he's like, and you can see it, like, every time it's like, I get this question every yeah, single time. Every time a microphone comes towards me, that's the first thing people want. They're not asking me about the music. They're not asking me about the songs. They're not asking me how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. They're asking me about biting the heads off of shit, you know? Mm-hmm. And so he goes through that. But it was at that time where he had the, the plane crash with Randy had just happened. Mm-hmm. And so he's on there, and he's just, like I said, yeah. Done more coke than anybody should ever humanly be possibly to able to do. Yeah. Vibrating, yeah. trying to answer the questions, you know, to tell he's tired of the bat story. Yeah. And then he asks about Randy and he starts talking, but then he stops and he's like, I don't want to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And so they let it go and they go back, you know, tell us about your audience. Oh, they're crazy. You know? Yeah. But the Night Flight video was cool because he explains the difference between John Osborne and Ozzy Osborne. Right. You know? And I thought that was really cool, too. This song kind of is like that to me because it's like, Ozzy, tell me about yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in the early 80s, if you sat down and said, Ozzy, tell me about yourself, he'd put on the record, he'd grab the, the needle, and he'd set it right down on Rock and Roll Rebel.
That's about all you need to know about Ozzy Osbourne. Yeah, that's a great song. Sums it up right there. And again, that freaking solo. Woo. Yeah. Good that, stuff. That almost made my list, too. I love that song. Okay, so I've got two left, and uh, my last two are from Ultimate Sin. And as I mentioned, Ultimate Sin was kind of my gateway album with Ozzy. I saw the videos on MTV, and I went out and bought it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I'd never regretted it. It was it was really cool at the time. Released February 26, 1986. Of course, it's the final appearance of Jakey e. Lee on an album with Ozzy. And, um, first and only one to feature bassist Phil Suzanne. First, also, first album also with uh, Randy Castillo on drums. Went platinum in 86, was double platinum by 94. And, you know, there's a big break here. But you got go from 83 to 86 for the next yeah. one. And uh, Ozzy basically had uh, basically got a breakdown and wound up in the Betty Ford Center for a while and had to go to rehab. And upon returning from the Betty Ford Center in 85, he had undergone treatment for substance abuse. He was presented with a substantial quality of music written by Jakey e. Lee. Was Betty Ford who inspired his hairstyle in this era? It's possible. And his robes on stage? That was more Shelly Winters. I oh, think. yeah, Shelly Winters, yeah. yeah. Betty Ford, Shelly Winters? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so Jakey e. Lee had a lot of stuff written for this, and but after he'd been cheated out of songwriting credit and publishing from the previous album, uh, he said that he refused to contribute anything until he had a contract in front of him guaranteeing that uh, he had writing and publishing credit, and that uh, Ozzy gave it to him. Yeah, and um, I mean Ozzy and Sharon, they got a history. Yeah. But with uh, there's a ton of great songs on this. Re- it's an underrated record. This it really one, is. It gets a lot of hate from people, and I don't get that. Um, I, I know don't he did know about the hate, but it definitely well, gets overlooked. But it gets, people talk about Blizzard of Oz. They talk about yeah. Diary of a Madman. Mainly those two. Yeah, you know? I mean this his, one definitely gets overlooked. His look wasn't good at the time, but I mean that's that's cosmetic. I mean but he was still the king of metal. Yeah, but musically, it's a great record, and. Uh, this is one of my favorites. Some ripping guitar on this track from Jakey e. Lee. My number two Ozzy solo song of this year. It's a track called Never.
amazing. Yeah. Just freaking amazing. Ozzy Osbourne always had the best musicians around him. I was like a murderer's row of guitar players. Yeah. Uh, I know I've heard the story about Randy Rhodes. They brought him in. He'd been playing with Quiet Riot. And he's tuning his guitar and doing a little warm-up. And Ozzy goes, you want the gig? You got it. How did Jakey Lee get his job? Do you know? Uh, I think he just did a standard audition for him. I don't know the actual story. Um, you know, he was in a band called Mickey Rat before that. Yeah, which they became, became Rat, Rat, right? Yeah. yeah. But I don't I don't know the exact story. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's plenty of Jake interviews out there you could find. But uh, standard, you know, interview process, I'm sure. Well, listen to a bunch, pick out the yeah. best. That's what you get. You Great know? choice because, I mean, he, if any, you know, to fill Randy's shoes is a hard job. Yeah, but, for uh, sure. And it was, I know some people were thinking that Brad Gillis might join full time because he finished the tour. And he could play yeah, he was all that good. stuff. Yeah, yeah. I was watching some video of him from like uh, around 82, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And he's playing in place of Randy, but man, he's really awesome, well, On that too. Speak of the Devil live record with him oh, is yeah. pretty great. Because they know. busted out. That was another cool one, too. That was one when I got Ultimate Sin. I got that album, too, because mm-hmm. my Uncle Bruce had it. That's one messed up album cover right there. Yeah. It's the guy, Ozzy, with the teeth and the raw meat and... <laughs> I just like, what the hell is going on yeah. here? Yeah, he knew what he was doing. <laughs> it's like young kids are looking at these album covers and the music's so good, but you're looking at the album covers going, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Something else I found that was kind of funny on that video clip mm-hmm. with uh, from that era when he's got the, the keyboardist, the little, the little person with the robe and the face paint yeah. on. And he's doing, and he brings him down, and he brings Ozzy a drink, and he gives the drink, and Ozzy says, hey, everybody, say hello to Ronnie. Oh. So Ozzy's making little people jokes at the expense of Black Sabbath. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, there was there was really no love between Ozzy and Ronnie James Dio. No. They did not like each other at Extreme all. competition. Yeah, they hated each other. And Ozzy won, I yeah. got to think. and. Dio never, Dio never let that go. I mean, no. he, he, well, hell, it, it ended Sabbath again in the nineties, right? When they refused for to dehumanizer, play yeah, yeah, and they're like, we're gonna, we want to do some shows opening up for Ozzy, and he was like, well, I'm fucking out of the band then. Yeah, I was like, wow, that's a ballsy move to do that. It's true though, because yeah. you got to understand, there's, there's a certain self-respect yeah. that you got to take into account with that you know as good as Ozzy is as huge of a star as he is that would have been a hell of a pill to swallow for Ronnie James Deal uh, he wasn't especially when he's it. he probably hearing the stories like yeah do you hear Ozzy calls his little person on stage he calls yeah. him Ronnie yeah. wow I hate Ozzy yeah. well, you're the only one it's kind <laughs> of an unmentioned feud yeah because yeah. yeah they would take shots at each other in the press but talk about album covers, man. The Ultimate Sin. Great album cover. One of the greatest album covers of all time. I remember looking at that and going, what the hell is going on here? <laughs> you know, it's like you look at every Ozzy album cover and you get that up to this point, I think. Mm-hmm. This one especially, like, I would look at it and be like, what are they standing in? Why is it sticking to his fingers? What is he coming out of? And what is she? And, yeah. you know, and the oh, and bomb going off in the background. This was before I ever seen the video for right. Shot in the Dark. Mm-hmm. And then I saw the video for Shot in the Dark, and it's like, oh, Kinda okay, wow, no, yeah. it makes sense. And then the footage of him when he came out on stage with the monster demon thing, and the wings would open, and Ozzy be sitting in there, and then come on, man, those days. Yeah. Those days. <laughs> that was it right there. Yep. Like, to be a young person just in love with hard rock and metal music, yeah. and these albums are coming out, and everything about it is exciting from the album cover to the music to the music videos to the pictures in the magazines to, you know, on down the line, time. the concerts. I mean, yeah. it was a magical you can't time. top this. 
I got one off of Ultimate Sin. I could have picked anything off this album. I really love them all. But this, again, you know, one of my all-time favorite songs. And, again, this is one that, as an adult, it kind of speaks to me. Because I find myself a lot of times in a world full of morons. You know? (laughs) Agreed. And... The morons, much like the sap, the uh, psychic vampirism that mm-hmm. we talked about a while back, the morons try to drag you down too. Yes. They don't want to see you being smart and awesome. They want you to be dumb just like them. Mm-hmm. I say, hell no. No way you're dragging me down like that. I listen to Ozzy. I don't mess around with fools like you.
Words to Live By. Yeah, that's a great song. So good. Yeah. I mean, the guitar playing on all these albums we talked about yeah, so far. It's top-notch. The drumming is all top-notch. Yeah. The bass playing is all top-notch. Ozzy Osbourne invented top-notch. Mm-hmm. There's really it's a real run of consistent records. Yeah. You know, it's it's amazing stuff. You know, he, he didn't have really a music from the Elder album. Maybe, no, well, maybe later, but we'll Probably get to later that. on, but maybe yeah. next time we'll talk about all that. Some you know. of the other great albums on here, I mean, the title track. Mm-hmm. That's unbelievably awesome. Jake opened with that when I saw Red Dragon Cartel last yeah. year. Yeah. And that, the crowd just went nuts. Yeah, that's really cool, too. Another one I always loved was Secret Loser. Yep. You know, because that was one that kind of spoke to you as a kid when you're young because you don't feel so cool all the time because you don't really know what cool is. Right. And you're trying to put out this exterior of, yeah, you know, I got it all together. But deep down inside, you know that you're a secret loser. Yep. You got to try to get it together. Um, Never Know Why is amazing. I love that song. Thank God for the Bomb. Yeah, that's, that almost made my that's list. That's crazy. When I was young, my favorite song on this album was uh, Lightning Strikes. Yeah, that's a great one, too. There's a, all of them are good. And another one, you know, again, you talk about Killer Filler, Killer of Giants. Yeah. Ah, I just remember being being young and listening to these albums and the feelings that they would give me. You know, it would make me feel so good. And that's something that's never really gone away. I listen to Ozzy all weekend, you know, preparing myself for this, trying to figure out what were my top 38 Ozzy songs, <laughs> and then how the hell I was going to whittle that 38 down to five. Right. But it was hard. It was hard, but it was good. It's yeah. therapeutic. Well, it's always Spend, fun to listen you know to these what? records. Take these first four Ozzy albums, put them on a shuffle, listen to it for, you know, two days straight. Mm. And when you come out of that, Look around the world and say, what can I do to kick its ass? All right. And you'll have the power. Just and don't, you can do it. Just don't shoot yourself in the head. Yeah. No, don't. Even if the backward messages tell yeah, you Yeah, no, to. play the albums forward <laughs> is what I'm saying. All right. You, you, you can't do back masking on an MP3. No, Chris. thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Those days are gone. Yeah, I broke a belt on a record player trying to. Trying to play shit backwards when really? I was a kid. Oh yeah, I was all into that shit. I'll tell you a cool backmasking story on the next christening. Okay, right? sounds good. So um, we did a, um, I did do a post in our uh, VIP group for the Patreon VIPs about this. Uh, wanted to get some of their takes on what their their top five were, and they all picked thirty eight. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to mention some of these. Uh, Sonny Pooty mentioned the the song "So Tired," but then he put "LOL" after it. So I don't know if he's kidding or not. I do like that song. I do too. You know, even the Ozzy ballads are amazing. Too. Like the song "Tonight." You know, yep. that's, that's a great. sweet, pretty song. But it's Ozzy, and it's amazing. Yep. Uh, Reese Lett said, "Killer of Giants." Yeah. His. Uh, Paul Korn said, "Diary of a Madman." You're no different, which yes. is his personal fave. You can't kill rock and roll, suicide solution, and revelation, Mother Earth. Yeah, we didn't really mention you can't kill rock and roll. That's another great one as a young person listening to that and being like, fuck yeah. yeah. Uh, Mark Alden Taylor said, Diary of a Madman, you can't kill rock and roll, rock and roll rebel, Mr. Crowley, and Bark at the Moon. Shoot, yeah. We got and, those covered. Uh, Stacy Sullivan, our friend in Australia, said, Mr. Crowley, Crazy Train, Secret Loser, Lightning Strikes, and Shot in the Dark. All great songs, all great picks. That's why there are VIPs, because they're so damn smart. And uh, mentioning Shot in the Dark, that's going to be my... 
final pick, and that's my number one Ozzy song from this era, yeah. which I know some people are going to be like, what? Is it because seeing, being young and seeing yeah, the video and it has the, the to impact be. on you? It's, it's, I mean, other than it's a freaking awesome song. It's a time travel song for yeah. me. Every time I hear it, I get instantly transported back to 1986, 87. I love it. And I it don't just, ever want to come back. And watching the video on Headbangers Ball and just... Being, that was back when I was like enamored with LA and like I'd love to move to LA. Yeah. And I know some of that video was shot there, but um, you know I know it's a well-known single, but I can't help it. I, it's, it's my favorite track from that era, and uh, one of the more melodic songs in the catalog. Um, but it's got it's got a perfect melding of his dark lyrics, Jake's crisp play playing, just great songwriting, and um, I just go right back to when I hear it. So uh, that's going to be my last thing for the day. Awesome. We love you, Ozzy. Don't ever die. Please don't. And even if you don't live forever, we'll never let your music or your legend die. You're shot in the dark, and uh, we'll see you next week. Next week.